there. You're listening to Happy Hostess Podcast with Christy Lalonde. I'll be sharing episodes each week to help you entertain and welcome guests into your home without all the stress. There will be guest interviews with party planning and hospitality experts that share their secrets to becoming a confident hostess. So get comfortable as we find the joy in celebrating life's big and small moments. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. I'm thrilled to have Carrie Peoples here today of NeatSmart. She is a professional organizer and is going to help us tackle all the challenges of organizing all the things that go along with entertaining at home. I know that I need all the help that I can get, and I'm so excited to have you as a guest. Thank you for coming to share your expertise with us, Carrie. Oh my goodness, Chrissy. I'm so excited, and thank you for asking me. This will be a lot of fun. It will. I know the listeners are going to love learning from you. How about you start with telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Okay. So I spent about 15 years in corporate America doing all kinds of things that actually were related to organizing, but not organizing physical things. And the company that I was working for was bought out. And I just thought, you know what? This is my sign. I'm I'm done with this. I, I'd always loved organizing for other people. I was always the friend that people would call and like, hey, can you help me figure out my closet? Or can you help me, you know, organize this? And so I, I took that as my cue that that's probably what I should be doing. So back in 2012, I started Neat Smart and um, I can't believe I'm in my 11th year because it's gone by so fast, but it's a fun business that I love doing and and I really love helping people. I just assumed that everybody loved organizing as much as I do. And I, I've come to realize that's not the case and not everybody either enjoys it or has that knack. And so I love being able to share that talent and that that skill that I've developed with other people and helping them enjoy being at home again. That must be a very good feeling because I know I am one of those people that do not enjoy organizing at all. And not only do I not enjoy it, I really don't have the skills to do it very well. So I hired a professional or I organizer when my kids were younger. And oh, smart. It is it was so helpful. It really, really I'm of course, as you know, there are things that you take for granted that just would never occur to someone with a mind like mine. No, <laughs> to, it's so true. And I think a lot of people you kind of don't I, I think it's changed a little bit. Like people didn't know that you could hire somebody to do this or that, oh, that just seems so indulgent or that just seems so, you know, only rich people do that. And the thing is, especially when you have young kids, You've got to have systems in place. Otherwise, you know, you're doing everything on your own and it's hard. So having someone else there to help you and like create those systems for like, I don't know, where your where how your pantry is organized just makes life so much easier for you. It does. It makes everything, it just affects every part of your life, really at it home. Does. It really does. I think a lot of us expect that um or that we're surprised that we're not good at that naturally, or or we just, I don't know, a lot of times when I'm working with clients, they'll say, well, I know I should be able to do this. It's it's not that hard. And you know, to me, it's not that hard. You know, Just like for some people, running a marathon isn't hard, but it's really hard for me. I, I, I could never do that. So 
I think we all just have to realize we have different skills and talents and organizing is mine and you have yours around entertaining. So it's, you know, we all have something special that we can share with one another. That is a great way of looking at it because there is a lot of shame a lot of times about not being able to get yourself together, whether it's yes. physical items or that sort of thing. And you can really start to beat yourself up over it. So absolutely. Well, for those of us that haven't hired a professional organizer before, what does that process look like? Like what's the first step? So I get probably the majority of my business from referral. And it's something along the lines of I'll get a text or a phone call or an inquiry form for my website. And it's like, hey, you know, my closet's a disaster or we just moved or I need help with this. And I call them back or we send an email. But anyway, basically have an initial uh, call where we talk through, you know, what are the what are the problems or what what do they need help with? And then set up an on-site meeting where I can go in and, you know, take measurements and look at the space and, and walk through it with them and uh, give them reassurance that it can all be worked out. And then we set up a schedule for when I'll be, come back sometimes with a team, sometimes it's just with me. And there's also different types of organizing, I'll say. I mean, sometimes people need help with decluttering, and that's a whole different scenario because it's very personal. And if you've, for example, had someone pass away recently and you've inherited a bunch of their things, having to go through and organize and quote declutter that is very different from, oh, I've got my kids' toys and we just need to weed out the things that they've outgrown. So um, it, like I said, it's a very personal service. So we we set up times that I'll come back, or like I say, I'll come back with a team. We get all of the organizing supplies for our clients, so you don't have to go shopping. And then we come back and then implement a solution, either in a day or a couple of days, or in the case of, you know, if it's major decluttering, we'll set up several sessions where I work one-on-one with a client. And then once they're done, they have the system in place. They've got labeled bins or baskets, and they know how to maintain it. And it's an easy system for how they function in their house. So then um, then they're they're done. So it's it's very uh, very satisfying and very fulfilling, I think, for both people because then they feel like, oh, okay, this is something I can manage now. I'm not so overwhelmed anymore. Right. Now, do you tend to charge per hour or like per project? The way I have it set up now is I do it by the hour. But I don't charge, I include in that, like if they need a bag of donations taken, uh, we take care of that. Or like again, if they need products purchased, we take care of that. We only charge for the time that we're on site and find that that's just easier. But I also have some different packages uh, where people can purchase a consultation. Either I have a virtual one or I have an in-person consultation. And that's when people get a kind of a DIY package of here's the steps you need to do, here's the products, and you can go implement it on your own. So um, it's hard to charge for me by the project just because one pantry can be very different from somebody else's pantry based on the size. Maybe they have different... um, If you have a family that has a lot of different dietary specifications, we want to make sure we're keeping things separate. That can take a little bit more time. So that might might be a little bit more complicated than just 
a single person's pantry in an apartment. Right. Uh, For sure. I didn't think about that with food issues are so common today. We have that. And everybody has different um, aesthetics. Some people want things, you know, it's it's always a customized solution. Some people are like, well, I just want to be able to see everything. So maybe they want clear containers. And some people say, oh, I want it to be beautiful and I don't want to see the packaging at all. So maybe we decant flour and sugar into different containers, or maybe it's using baskets with labels. So again, it's it's always a customized solution for everybody. So that's why it's it's not the same. It's not a one size fits all for everyone. So that's why I just do an hourly rate based on the the time that we're there. That is very convenient uh, to be so flexible. And and you're based in the Atlanta area. And you just mentioned though, virtual consultation. Um, So you do work with people virtually as well, not just in Atlanta. Not just in Atlanta, yes. I live in Marietta, which is uh, one of the Atlanta suburbs. And mm-hmm. while I do the majority of my business here, you know, we we have traveled across <laughs> across the state lines for uh, other organizing projects. But I also have a virtual package or virtual consult, I should say, where you know pe- maybe people who live remotely and just they just need a little help. They they're not really sure where to get started. So we'll do a virtual package for them where we set up a FaceTime call. There's you know a form that they, they fill out and we're then able to do a, a consultation that they get the steps that they need and they get, well, you know, these are the shelves you should buy or these are the, the, the baskets that work well for that solution. And they get a whole system that they can implement on their own. That's awesome. We are so lucky not to be bound by our geography anymore. Uh, it's amazing what we can do now with with video and even just being able to send pictures quickly and either FaceTiming or, or Zooming. But for the most part, I, I use FaceTime, but it's amazing what we can accomplish now and not have to be in a specific geographic area. So different solutions for different people and, and different levels of, of comfort in terms of adopting things on their own. Some people, I I always say that organizing or hiring an organizer is kind of like hiring a trainer. It's like, we all know that we need to do push-ups and, you know, we know all the exercises to do, but you need somebody to guide you on doing it and having that accountability. So that's a lot of what I provide either with my in-person organizing or virtual organizing. That is so important. And then eventually you build up that muscle to be able to do it on your own. So absolutely, exactly the same. Now, what do you feel is the most important area of the house to organize in general? Well, the kitchen and pantry are the most trafficked. And I do think they're important. However, I I think it's most important that you have your bedroom as a a place of calm and and an oasis away from all of the chaos of the world. So I would say, and most people, I'll say the, the majority of my work is done in kitchens, but I do think we all need to take care of ourselves and make sure that we have a, a calm, relaxing, uncluttered space to go retreat from at the end of the day. So I do think it's important that you have your, your closet, your bathroom, your bedroom, you know, the it's just important that we take care of ourselves and get those places in order. And then I would say next is the kitchen pantry area because 
Yeah, that's where you feed your family. That's where you entertain. That's where we all gather. There's a lot of traffic there because people are coming and going, and it tends to be where people come in inside the house and leave the house. So um, it's important that that gets a system that you have a system in place for everything that you have in that area, so that it's a a welcoming spot for people to gather. Yes, it it really is the hub of the house and. It is the easiest to get unorganized because everyone's touching everything. And <laughs> yes, well, I have a lot of people that come to me and they say, "Oh my gosh, I used to be organized, and then I got married, and then I had kids." And I'm like, yeah, because now it's not just you. You've got two, three, four, five people in your house, and they're not the same as you, and they don't appreciate the order perhaps that you do. So it's just, there's just a lot more to keep track of these days. So it's understandable that we all lose control and lose order, but there is a solution to getting it back. Now you mentioned the kitchen in general as a top priority, obviously. Um, But what about when it comes to entertaining at home? Obviously the kitchen is definitely involved there, but are there any other areas that um, you find helpful to get organized for entertaining? Well, I think you also want to look at your house from your guest's perspective. Like, what are they seeing when they come in the house? Are they coming in the front door? You know, you want to have a a welcome, you know, clutter-free area at the entrance, or if they're coming in the garage, you know, you want to make sure that if you have a mudroom or a back entrance that it's organized so that it's not distracting for your guests. And really, you know, any, just think about any place that your guests are seeing, not that they're more important than your family, but when we entertain, I think that's always such a great excuse to get organized because we we get used to seeing some of the clutter and then we're like, oh, we're going to have company. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> my kids' toys have been on the mantle for six weeks and I didn't realize that. Or, yes. oh my gosh, we still have some Christmas ornaments hanging out and it's February. I, I haven't put those away yet. So I, I, I do think it's a good idea to entertain just so it gives you an excuse to uh, to go through and really, not necessarily deep clean the house, but really see what your guests are going to see and making sure that it's a, a calm, enjoyable environment that really reflects you and that, you know, but I also tell people, look, just have company. Don't worry if there's Christmas ornaments still on your bookshelf or if your kids' toys are on the mantle. It's it's more important that you have that you entertain and open up your home. But I also like to use that as an excuse to uh to go through and really see the house with the with fresh eyes. It is. Yes, we can find any excuse because our house will never be perfect. So it's always good just to push through. But I always say that I love having a party for many reasons, but it always gets me on my game as far as organizing things that, like you said, that you just don't see because it's been there for a week and you don't, you haven't thought about it, but it doesn't belong there. It needs to be somewhere exactly. else. Exactly. You just get used to it. And I uh, actually, we're having company this weekend over for dinner. It's like, oh my gosh, I still have this mirror laying on the floor in the bathroom. I haven't even put that up yet. I mean, I've known it's there, but it's, right. it's just, we just get used to things. So I think it's always good to entertain and you know, it doesn't really matter who's coming over, but just it, it, that prompts us to kind of shift into a higher gear to get our houses in order. And then it, 
you're kind of like, well, why did it take having other people ever? I should, I should do this more often for myself too. So hopefully we can continue that momentum and, and, you know, get, get the rest of the house organized, not just the, what the spaces that are publicly viewed, viewed. Yes. We could always use some motivation and then yes. we feel the reward. <laughs> yes, that's true. Now, some trouble that I have is trying to organize all my entertaining things, things that I use for entertaining napkin rings, napkins, linens, mm-hmm. um, you name it. I have trouble organizing it. <laughs> and is, is that common or is that just me? No, no, I think I, I think that is common because what what I've seen happen in a lot of contemporary homes, this is going to sound kind of crazy, but you know, we've adopted more open floor, open concept floor plans. I mean, mm-hmm. and so I think a lot of times we have less furniture. And a lot of times we actually have, especially on the on a the main level of a house. We don't have as many closets, so I think we we are lacking in storage space. You know, traditionally you would have a break front or a buffet or something in a, in the dining room for storing your linens and you know all kinds of uh, entertaining pieces. And I think a lot of times we just don't have those anymore, or we're entertaining more informally. So we don't have the pretty china cabinet anymore because we don't. A lot of people don't have their nice china anymore. They just everything is is more of an everyday casual, which is fine. But I think we also are, are suffering a little bit from a lack of storage space. So I think what you have to do is designate either a closet or a shelf or or find that space in your house to store the linens, the napkin rings, and have them accessible. So it's not like, well, I've got the linens in the guest room and I've got my napkin rings in the bottom drawer in the kitchen. You're trying to have a space that that's dedicated for the entertaining items is, is really important. Yes. I have, I have my dream home in my mind with a butler's pantry where I would have everything where I could have in, in one space. And I'm renting at the moment um, because we sold our house and couldn't find another one. And so I've got stuff in boxes and mm-hmm. I've got stuff in various rooms. So it, yes, it would be amazing to have it all in one place. Um, that's super challenging. And that's, that's hard. <laughs> Hopefully you have, um, you have the e- end goal in mind of like, this will all be worth it. Cause I'll have the space for it. But I, I see a lot more people putting, butler's pantries in their houses. And I just think that's such a smart idea because you have, you know, not only the linens, but the, maybe the extra glassware or the extra serving pieces. And, you know, if, if you have an open floor, uh, sorry, an open floor plan, that's great, but because it's great for entertaining, but it's hard for storage. So designating a corner of a you know, closet or, you know, putting that in your home, I just think is so important. And it's just, that makes entertaining easier because you know where all of your pieces are and it's easy to find them and put them away. And and that just makes the process run much more smoothly. Yes. It's much more enjoyable when you can see what you have and use Mm -hmm. it. Easily yes. without unpacking it from a box. <laughs> so. Yes, that's so hard. Oh, I, I hope that's that 
that temporary situation will be ending soon for you. I hope so too. I hope so too. There are in our area, there's not a lot of houses available. I will say that for sure, but um, it will work out eventually. We'll figure it out. Um, Now, something I have trouble with too is just how to make the best use of the space that I'm using to store these things. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, do you have any suggestions for like the best way to store linens? Like hanging that is or a, folded or like, what do you think? That is a really good question. And I think a lot of it depends on, of course, what, you know, what is, is your available space? I think a lot of times with, with linens, especially table, I'm sorry, especially placemats, uh, would love to be able to have those flat so that they're not getting wrinkled. So maybe mm-hmm. that's taking a coat closet, if you have an extra one, or maybe even a guest room closet and putting a shelving unit in there. There's some inexpensive ones from Amazon that are the metal ones that you could put in there so okay. that you can leave your placemats flat, I think would be optimal. And again, being able to have things stored together is great. I love having all the napkins folded, stored together, you know, have all the different styles together. Tablecloths are probably better hung. Um, That way they're, again, depending on the size, they're just going to have more wrinkles if they're folded up and you've got things laying on top of them. So um, I, I think anytime you're struggling with, storage space, always thinking about, always think about going vertical. So is there a way that I can take advantage of vertical space in this closet that, you know, either adding shelves or even storing things, you know, maybe you can get some um, boot boxes. These are like clear bins that are for <laughs> intended for storing tall boots. You know, if that might be big enough for storing your placemats and then you could have them stacked up on top of one another in a closet and have them labeled on the outside. So, you know, oh yes, these are my, you know, Christmas placemats or something like that. But uh, I think anytime you can go vertical, that is a a good way to take advantage of, of available space that you might not have thought, thought of otherwise. And I also just think it's important to group things together by by their type, like have your napkins together, have your placemats together. When you have things stored in different parts of your home, it's just harder to remember which now which linens did I have here and which which linens were there. You know, at least have them all grouped together by type. I think that makes sense. That is true. I le- I've never heard of boot boxes except for like I think of when I purchased them. They're obviously boot size. Um, yes. They come in a boot size box. So that is very interesting. I love that idea of getting that. So I could just Google boot boxes, I guess. Yeah. Acrylic, I, mean, I, can, or... I can send you a link. I don't have my my shopping favorites page up yet on okay. my website, but I can certainly send you a link and I'll, if you, you could put it in the show notes. But right. with any type of purchase though, just make sure that you measure first. I always right. say measure twice, shop once, but measure before you purchase just to make sure. But I'm just thinking of um, there's some specific boot boxes that I've used for a lot of different storage that are from the container store. And even if you don't have a container store near you, they they can ship to you. And that's just, it's just a long, skinny, uh, clear bin with a lid. So it it can be really helpful. And And again, if you measure the size of your placemats, you might even have something available at a, you know, Walmart or Target nearby too, depending on where you live. Right. I love that idea for sure. Now, what else do you 
have any other tips for supplies besides, I guess, clear boxes? I mean, for me, clear works well, especially in this type of thing. Um, Do you have any? Clear is great, especially if you can, you know, have those available. I mean, sometimes it's like, you know what? I just don't have that in my budget right now. I'm just going to use my shoebox. That's fine. Just, I would always say, label the outside of your containers that for whatever it is that you're storing in there. And I know it might seem silly, like, duh, of course I'm going to remember. But the thing is, we've got so much else to remember. So just make it easy for you. Or it also helps if you're having someone help you, you know, if your kids are helping to set the table, or maybe you've, you've, you know, got your mother-in-law coming over. It's like, oh, you can think, go to the closet and you'll see the box labeled napkin rings. Just pull that down. And and that helps when you're putting things away as well to know where things go. But make sure that you're labeling containers, whether they're clear or not. And um, again, I like to group things together um, by, by type or by function. Also, don't store candles in the garage or attic you probably know that but i've seen some very misshapen ones and you you know in the winter it's probably fine but we have really hot summers here in georgia so you don't want to store candles out there and also this might seem obvious but just make sure that you really clean your serving pieces or your your candle holders really clean anything before you put it away because you know even on Table linens, those those stains start to set after a while, and then you right. have really hard to get out. So just that, make sure you clean carefully before you put it away. That's a very very important tip because it's easy to overlook something um, on a if it's not real obvious at the time, but if it it will become real obvious if um... yes it will. <laughs> and it's also important, I think, to evaluate and and edit out any things that you're not using. I mean. I know it's hard with seasonal things because you think, oh, well, maybe I didn't use it this season, but I'll use it next season. But if you have things in your home, whether it's for entertaining um, purposes, but just really evaluate if it's something that you want to keep and and store, if it's not something that you're excited about, or maybe you've kept it out of guilt because someone gave it to you, you might be able to find someone else who would want to use it. So you don't have to store it anymore. That is important. And something I always need help is any tips for decluttering and getting rid of things. It's always important. It is hard. I think also if, it's, if you think about people who need those items, whether maybe you have a friend that, you know, entertains with a lot of small kids, uh, you know, she has kids. So you want to think about anything that you could pass on to those friends that you might have your kids may have outgrown, or you can also think about charitable organizations or even churches. There were schools that might need some of the items that you're no longer using. I, I just always find it's easier. And, and we tend to be a little bit happier about giving things away to people that we know either need it or really want it. So yes. I always say, start with your inner circle, like your your family and your friends. And then expand outward, you know, to your local churches and schools and see if there's things that they might use. Um, I had a client recently, she had a bunch of envelopes that she had ordered for some Christmas cards that she sent out. She had a but she forgot that she had them. So she ordered another box. So she had this whole, all these extra boxes of envelopes. And she just called up the local elementary school and said, Hey, do you guys need these? And they were thrilled. They said, Yes, please send them over. So she took these extra, these boxes of extra envelopes to the school 
And they, you know, it was an elementary school and they're going to use them for, we don't know what, but they were thrilled to have them. So just checking with your local resources is always a good idea for any kind of decluttering that you need to do. That's great. I would never have thought of that ever. I love that they were able to use it because actually I have done the same thing before. I've ended up with multiple boxes of envelopes or I ordered the wrong size the first time or um, so I had to reorder. So that is um, a good tip for a school because that just wouldn't have been top of mind for me. Well, especially right now, I think people are probably doing, you know, Valentine's um, type crafts or, or they might use, I mean, who knows? That's the thing is that there's always super creative people out there that can find a good way to use whatever it is that you no longer need. So it's just thinking about, you know, who might use it, which that can be a little challenging, but I always go to the thing about the elementary schools or maybe churches that have preschool programs or any other preschools, maybe they could use things like that and they're not picky necessarily on the sizes or shapes of of some of the, you know, whether it's paper products or balloons or other party supplies, they might be able to use them. You're giving me some ideas for stuff. Some things oh, I have right now that I'm like, uh, what am I going to do with these? <laughs> I wish we had like a declutter hotline that says, I've got extra blah, 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 blah. What do I do with it? And someone could go, oh, Go contact this person. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> that would be great. I would need, I need that for sure. Uh, absolutely. Well, all these tips have been so helpful. I know they're going to really help the listeners be able to take the stress down a little bit once they're organized and able to find things easily. But that's I'd, my goal. So I love, I love providing, I love sharing tips that help other people. Well, that must be very rewarding because I know that you are really, really helping people. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Let's switch gears just a bit and um, let's talk about hosting others into your home. Did your family entertain a lot when you were growing up? A ton. My mother was the consummate hostess. She, and she would throw big parties, like just, I won't say lavish, but she would, she just really thought, a lot about it and put a lot of energy into it. And I mean, I remember she hired the son of one of my dad's friends to play guitar for a Spanish, a Spanish theme party that she had. um, She just would do really cool invitations. And I remember she would send my sister and me to go deliver them. We would drive around town and hand deliver them to people. And I, we I, we grew up in a small town, so that was certainly easier than it would be driving around Atlanta. But right. she just was a great entertainer, as was my grandmother, who was her mother. So I come from a, a tradition of, of family entertaining, and I do enjoy entertaining, but I don't do it as much as I used to. And I'm not sure why, but I would say the entertaining that I do now is more, a little bit more casual, like... Hey, let's let's all come over for burgers this weekend and invite some friends over. And sometimes it's more of a potluck, and sometimes it's you know something that we make. But a lot of times, uh, we just like to have people over for something pretty casual, just to just to hang out. But I just feel like do any kind of entertaining, do whatever entertaining works for you. Whether it's just having a couple of girls over for you know happy hour in the afternoon with a cheese tray, that's great. I, I just think it's 
so important to um, open up our homes and, and invite people in. It, your home doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have, as much as I love all of the elaborate decorations, I think that can be a little overwhelming for some people. So I, I think it, the, the fact that you're having people over is more important than necessarily the theme, but just get started and keep doing it. I don't know. It's I wish more people didn't feel uncomfortable having people in their homes. I do too. That is why we are here on this podcast <laughs> yes. is to, to encourage people that aren't comfortable yet or are just getting started just to get over that self-doubt and just to yeah. get started and do it. And why do you think it's so important to have others yeah. in our home? I think we just need to have fellowship. I mean, I think it's just important that we reach out to our literal neighbors and our our you know, community. And it's just a way to get to know people better and to really like, just express love to one another. There's nothing like sitting down and having a meal with somebody to really get to know them and understand them more. So I just think our communities need these connections. And doesn't mean you have to be best friends with people, but you just get to know them a little bit better. And, and maybe you will become better friends, but it's just important to to reach out and, and connect with people that way. You know, one way that we connect with our some of our neighbors in our cul-de-sac is we get together at Halloween. And of course, we're in the South, so it's not as cold, but we sit out together and have snacks and watch all the kids trick-or-treat. And they come up to, we, we pull all of our candy together. And it's just fun to chat with all the neighbors coming through our cul-de-sac and enjoy time together and enjoy meeting new neighbors. And all we're doing is basically taking our chairs outside, but it's a great way to build our, our community together. So I just, I think that the more we do it, the easier it becomes. But I think if you can get over that initial hurdle of, oh, I'm scared of what people are going to think about my house or my house doesn't look great or it's not decorated or we still have the 1979 wallpaper from when the house was built. I don't, I don't want people to see that. You know, people really don't care. And right. it's it's much more important to have people over and, and to talk with them and learn about them and and have community with them than it is about which pillow you've got on your couch. So it is. And I've learned from the last couple of years, like it's really good for your mental health as well. I didn't Absolutely. Realize. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that, but it's, you don't even realize it, it that it's, that's instant therapy, even though it, it can be nerve wracking. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to vacuum the house, you know, the, the dining room again. It's like, people don't care. People don't notice and no, you get over it. Yeah. And you can always turn the lights down to dim. If you need to. <laughs> That's why candles were invented. Exactly. <laughs> That's well, a great tip. <laughs> well, I know things don't always go as planned when I've invited people into our home. But actually, sometimes that can be a really good story. Um, do you have any times that you want to share where things didn't go perfectly? Well, shortly after my husband and I moved into this house, so we've been here, kind of think for a second, uh, this will be our 13th year. We had a big party and invited our friends over. And there was nothing I could have done to prevent this, but I lost my voice oh. as the party was getting started. So I was having to whisper to everybody. And we had, I don't know, 
25 people over and it was getting loud <laughs> in some areas. And I was just smiling and laughing because I couldn't talk. And as soon as I would start to talk, I <clears throat> would start coughing and, and just getting raspier and raspier. So it was kind of a, it was just a fun party to really observe people because I couldn't talk. And I would, I was walking around with the wine bottles and making sure that everybody got food, but I couldn't really interact with anyone as much just right. because I couldn't speak. So it was interesting to be able to observe a party that's in your house and not really be able to participate in it. That's a new one I've never heard before. <laughs> and that day it was, it was literally, I think I talked to the first two people that came over and then it was, then I was hoarse. So it was funny. Well, what is the one piece of advice that you would give the new hostess that's just getting started? Just do it. Find an occasion. And I think find an occasion to have people over. And I, I think a lot of people get intimidated thinking, oh, well, I've got to do a five course seated dinner and, you know, have right. all kinds of elaborate China and crystal. And it's not true at all. Maybe you're more comfortable making breakfast for your neighbors or having a brunch or, you know, one thing I I used to do with my mom, we would do an afternoon tea. And granted, it was a lot of work making those tea sandwiches. Yes. But it was so much fun to have tea and the sandwiches and the and the you know the small desserts. That was, you know, that was a, an effort, but it was enjoyable to us. So I would say find something that find a either a birthday or a holiday or even just a random day and just just put it on the calendar, invite your friends and don't worry about how elaborate it is or isn't. And it's it's okay to have your friends help too. It's okay to have a potluck. Maybe you feel more comfortable just making a bowl of chili and inviting your neighbors to bring a bag of chips and some, you know, other accoutrement to go with it. So just Pick the pick the day, invite the people, and don't worry about anything else. People are always eager to go over to other people's houses, and people are also eager to help. They really, they really want to to help you. So, I would say just just do it. That's a great mindset. It's all about the mindset when it comes to how, if we enjoy ourselves or not while we while we're doing it. It's true. And there's nothing, you know, no one wants to be made to feel uncomfortable, but I would just say, you know, I heard a speaker one time and she was talking about clothes, but she said, and the same thing applies to entertaining. She's like, people really aren't looking at what you're wearing. They're really not analyzing it the way you are. And the same thing applies to our homes. People really aren't looking at Oh, how is this decorated? Or what color is that? Or oh, can you believe, you know, that couch is so old? People really don't, they don't pay attention to that. It's, I think we're we are our own worst critics and we should stop doing that because people don't care. You are right. That is that is true. They really don't think of that much about us, first of all. Yes, <laughs> it's true. As much as we do think about ourselves anyway. Yes. And people will always appreciate being invited over. That's that's a gift in and of itself too. So understand that you're not just opening up your home, but you're helping somebody else by you know, providing a meal for them or providing entertainment for them. So they're excited and 
they they want you to have an, a good time hostessing as much as you want them to have a good time visiting your home. Yes, and today in today's world, especially, it's it is really special to be invited into someone's home because so often it we is. say, "Let's meet for dinner," "Let's go out to dinner," or that sort of thing. So, since people, and I'm have, guilty of that too. And and I would say to anybody starting off, if you're not comfortable, if you're nervous about that, you know, maybe get Publix or Whole Foods or who you know, go buy absolutely. a deli tray from somewhere else. It doesn't matter if you put it on your plate and. Then, then you cooked it. So. Absolutely, you made it happen. You didn't make yes. it, but you made it happen. So that's a that's a great phrase. I like that. You made it happen. Well, are you ready for a speed round of questions? I am. Let's let's do it. Okay. What food can you not get enough of? Oh my gosh! I shouldn't say this given our current issue, but I love eggs. I could. I eat oh. eggs every day. I love boiled eggs. I love deviled eggs. I love eggs over easy. I love omelets, frittatas. I love eggs. And what food will you not touch? Oh my goodness. I don't like olives. Me neither. Not at all. Um, your teenage celebrity crush. Oh my gosh. I had the biggest crush on Tom Hanks. Has that continued to this day? No. I mean, I like him, but it's just like, <laughs> right. I just thought he was so cute and splash and volunteer. I mean, I've seen, I, I think I've seen all of his movies. I just, I loved him. So he was my, my big celebrity crush. Today, it's probably more like Vigo Mortensen. So I'm not sure what mm. that says about me. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite way to relax? I love sitting down with a glass of wine and potato chips. Oh, that's an interesting combination. I started, I, a friend of mine suggested it one time and I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I love a rosé and a potato chip. I can see that a little sweet and a little salty. Mm-hmm, exactly. I'll have it's to yummy. try that. Yes. <laughs> of your all-time favorite cookbook. Oh my goodness. It's funny because I'm in a cookbook book club, but um, I would say, gosh, I've got so many. The Silver Palette is a standby and that, that was really popular in the 80s. I have a cookbook that my mother made of her recipes. That's always a go-to. It's very messy, and but she was smart and put, she um, put it, uh, all the pages in, in little plastic covers, oh, but um, that's definitely one of my one of my favorites. Now, what is this cookbook club that you mentioned? So I'm in a cookbook book club, and there's about five of us, and we only meet but maybe once a quarter. And each host for the quarter chooses a cookbook, and we all get it, or at least you know either get it from the library or purchase it. And then the host cooks the main dish, and then everybody just picks something else from the from the cookbook to make. And we get together at some, you know, the host house, and we bring our dishes and talk about why she picked the cookbook and why we chose whatever recipe. And we all get to try out a new cookbook and new recipes together. Oh my goodness, I love that idea. So it's like a supper club, but it 
but it's based around the theme of a certain cookbook. Yes. Yes. That's and brilliant. We, we've changed it up a little bit where we've just done like, like the last time we did, somebody brought a soup, someone brought a sandwich, someone brought something that was stuffed and a salad. So we, we've changed it up so it's not always revolving around a book, but we love to cook. So we always try new things. So it's it's been a lot of fun. I've gotten some really good recipes from it too. Oh, I bet. I, I love that idea. I love cookbooks. And of course, I love anything along the lines of a supper club too. So that's like the perfect combination. It's a lot of fun. I, I definitely recommend it. Well, before we go, will you please tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and your website? Yes, 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 yes. So my company and my website are called Neat Smart. That's N-E-A-T-S-M-A-R-T. I always say because neat really is smart. <laughs> and then I'm also on Instagram at Neat Smart. So um, a lot of times on Instagram, you'll find me drinking a glass of wine with my potato chips. So I'll, <laughs> I'll share with you the my, my brands of choice. But um, And I also have a newsletter that I send out every week. And you can sign up for that at my website, neatsmart.com. Well, I've learned so much today from you, Carrie. Thank you so much for being here. And I know you've really helped all our listeners get organized. Oh, my pleasure, Christy. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your podcast app. It would mean the world to me. If you need links for anything mentioned during this episode, head over to happyhostesscollective.com and you'll find them in the show notes. A new episode comes out every Tuesday, and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have a great week.